Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, good morning. Let's try that. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. In New Zealand, we stay standing for the whole message. Are you doing good? Do you love your pastors? Come on, right across every location. Let's thank God for Pastor Aaron and Pastor Katie and the team. Every one of us making a difference for the glory of God. What an honour to be here. And Marie and I, uh, man, I'm joining Radiant Church. I'm changing our church name. I reckon we're going to get our whole church over here. One day we'll do a missions trip for all Radiant. They can come over to New Zealand, hire a few jumbos and just have a bit of fun. Are you good? Are you happy with the person you're sitting next to? Because now's the time you could change if you're not quite happy. But uh, come on, we're going to stand. We're going to pray in every location at home. Why don't you just even stand at home and we're just going to pray and say, God, we need a moment. I've been in church my whole life and God, I need a moment. I need you to speak right into my heart. Father, we stand here as your children. Some of us right now feel disqualified. Others feel like we've lost our grip on faith. Others are just firing on in the purposes of God. But all of us need you. We just pray these next few moments, minutes together that God, you'll enable me to bring your heart, your word. Bless those we're standing next to. Would you bless them abundantly in Jesus' name? Amen. Give someone a high five or a kiss on the cheek or a handshake. Just say, you are awesome. Thank you, team. Thanks, uh, Sinbin. So good. God is good. Hey, let me do this before I forget, but I brought a couple of books, a couple of resources. I'll, I'll share just a couple of thoughts. This is a whole book that is dedicated to a theology on failure. It usually happens in most churches. Everybody goes dead when you talk about failure. Uh, the fact is that if you're not prepared to fail, you will not build a significant life. You cannot learn what you need to learn by getting everything right. Failure is not a negative, it's a positive. It's how you embrace it and how you learn from it. And this will literally shift you. I think I lost 10 significant years in ministry because nobody taught me on failure. Right now, I'm committed more to failing than ever before. Now, don't laugh. It's true. If you're not prepared to fail, how do you learn balance? By imbalance. And we need to understand failure. The second book, I'm going to teach a different message tonight at five. So if you can get out tonight, I encourage you to come because the Bible gives us insight as how we can break through financially. The problem in the church is we've spent our lives talking about giving but not teaching on money. This has shifted our life. We gave everything away because that was what we were only taught. Now I've discovered you can be a tither and yet not break through financially because tithing is only one ingredient. And I want to teach on that tonight. If you can't be here tonight, I would encourage you, have a look at it. But I am very thorough and we've got it already printed in Arabic, in Dutch, It's a whole curriculum and it's going to help give you and your children a pathway to financial freedom so that you can build the generations that follow you. Boy, you're not excited, but I am. And I know in Brandon, they're excited. We love you, St. Pete. You are going off today. Yes, you are. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to get into it. I wonder right now, you may have a belief in God, but if you were to analyse your stance or your stance, what would it look like? Would it be... You know, I know God's God, but I'm not sure what's going down. Or would it be sort of a lean-in where it's kind of like, God, you're amazing. And I know there are challenges, but you're greater than the challenges that I'm going through. 
I want to, if you wanted a title for the message, I want to talk about faith's equation. I want to talk that there are components of faith that sometimes we don't get. And so therefore, we find ourselves leaning back rather than leaning forward. If you want some great Scripture in the Message Bible, Ephesians 1.23, the church you see is not peripheral to the world. We're not an add-on to the things around us. No, the world we live in is peripheral to the church. We started our church in Auckland, New Zealand 28 years ago. Our dream was this, God, whether people love the church or despise the church, one day they can't sidestep the church. Man, it's kind of like that's the church. Many of us don't see the church like that. You've got pastors that are going, we're not in Tampa Bay just to play games or just to tick the Sunday box. We're here to make a difference in the lives of people. We're believing for the supernatural power of God to bring a shift. Yes, it's okay to clap. The church is Christ's body. You and I are the voice piece through which God speaks. You and I are the hands through which He acts. You and I are the ones that determine whether the presence of God are going to our neighbours, where we eat, where we live, And so the enemy attacks us to go, you know what? There's a lot of things you don't understand and you should just calm down. You should just take it easy. You go on to Hebrews 10.35. It says this, do not cast away your... All right, I'm gonna try that again. Do not cast away your confidence. Why? Because your confidence creates reward. If that's true, then the enemy wants to attack your confidence. He wants you to kind of quieten it down, back off, don't believe for too much more. Why? Because it breaks through. You will need to endure, says the writer of Hebrews. So that after, not during, after you have done the will of God, what? You may receive the promise. Then this classic verse, the just will live by leaning, by faith. How many would agree that men and women are different? Come on, Tampa. You don't know that. Men and women are different. It's different. We've got granddaughters. We've got grandsons. They're all different. And uh, we've had our grandkids every week for 24 hours since they were born. We give mum and dad a break. It's pretty cool how we can do that. And our oldest granddaughter is Ruby. She's six now. She loves Papa. Papa loves Ruby. We do a lot of things together. And so I've been training her. I've been encouraging her because mums are great. I mean, they nurture, they cuddle, they protect. Dads are different. If we're going to go climbing a tree, let's go climb the biggest tree. If we're going to get on the roller coaster, let's go on the most dangerous. Just don't let mum see. So when Ruby comes over to Poppers, it's like, let's leave Mimi, that's grandma, in the house. Let's go on an adventure. Let's do things you've never done before. So we got this thing going and it's kind of like, we just say to each other, because I taught her how to say, uh, uh, what the heck? So we see something and we go, I go, what the heck? And she goes, what the heck, Papa? So we've been doing this for quite some time. And I think after some time she came and she sat on Papa, she said, Papa, I've got to say something. I've got to tell you something. I said, what's that, honey? She said, Mummy said, I shouldn't say what the heck. I said, did mummy really say that? She said, yeah. I said, okay. All right, if mummy says that that's what we need to do, let's change it. Let's just change it to what the. <laughs> and it was like, what the? Yeah, so whenever we say, what the? 
So she starts going, what the? So wherever we go, it's what the? Because we can't say what the heck. We have to honour mum. I think it was about six weeks later, Ruby comes back and she says, Papa, mummy said to me, she said, I can say what the heck sometimes. How many know mama would rather have what the heck than what the? It's a win to the male species. Come on, we're, we're kind of breaking out. And, 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 and I got a feeling about Radiant Church. Radiant Church is a what the church. It's kind of, what, 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 what do you mean it's impossible for us to turn our city around? What, what do you mean it's impossible to build multiple campuses when we're only this far? What do you mean God can't use you? What do you mean what you've gone through disqualifies you for what God can take you to? What do you mean I'm at home and I feel like, hey, what's the point of going on? No, by faith, the Bible says in one, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, we stand. It's kind of like today, I'm praying that we're gonna get up, some of us, and go, you know what? The old enemy, he knocked me down. And even though I have a belief, it's kind of like I've lost. No, I've given away my confidence. But by faith, I stand. I love this, 2 Corinthians 5. By faith, we walk. It's kind of like, you know, you shake somebody's hand and say, how are you doing today? It's like, not bad under the circumstances. I go, what, what the flip are you doing under there? <laughs> now we all, have, we all have valleys, we all have night seasons, we all have dry times, but we've got a God that says, if, if you keep walking, don't crawl. Don't back off, don't just sit there and see what God's gonna do. Get up, the just shall live by Faith, by faith, it was Abraham who obeyed to go to the place that he was called to receive as an inheritance. Well, he didn't understand the pathway. He didn't know what it all like, but he said, no, I'm in. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Maybe this is gonna be your year. There you are in St. Peter and God's saying, it's your year. Online, it's your year. Brandon, it's your year. Here this morning, it's your year. God's saying, I want you to get strength up. I want you to get lean up on. I want you to begin to, even if people around you are not amening. <laughs> Took a while. But we're gonna help that Kiwi pastor, that New Zealander out. If you wanted my understanding of faith, and I wanna talk about this equation, is that faith works through me rather than by me. See, faith works through me, not by me. In other words, it's not up to my goodness or it's up to my capacity to achieve the supernatural destiny of God on my life, but I realise that God works through my humanity. And so the enemy focuses my humanity so that I'll give up and I'll park and I'll, I'll just get used to the kind of life that I'm living and so often we attach faith to an outcome in the natural rather than the God that gave it. The outcome to God is not the miracle. The outcome is that we've got faith in Him. That God is working through us and working. Uh, a verse we would all know, I memorised this as a teenager, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. Okay, I'm here to tell you, you can't. You say, yeah, but it's Bible. No, read the whole verse. I can do all things through Christ. If God's not on it, you can't do it. And if God is on it, you still can't do it in your natural man. You are gonna fail along the way because it's through Christ 
that I can do all things with Christ. And faith is met with resistance. The enemy doesn't want you as a church, doesn't want you as an individual, me as an individual, to be somebody that really accepts it. And he wants us to give up where I've discovered no active faith remains effective faith. So some of you started, but you're here today, I think, because God is saying, you need to hear this word. That don't give up. Yeah, but I've got disappointed because I haven't seen the dream. Don't, don't allow the natural view to rob you from the equation of faith. So what is the equation of faith? Abraham said this in Romans 4.18, contrary to hope, he learnt to in hope believe. So therefore, it's like, God, I've been praying for a miracle. God, we've been praying for a breakthrough. God, we've been praying for something to happen. And yet we feel like it's not around. And so like Abraham, contrary to the human stuff, he decided he would believe in the God that said it would take place. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider, verse 19, his own body. Let me put it another way. He did not consider the natural circumstances. Some of us have to hear that we believe that God was gonna give us something and we haven't seen it, but Abraham learned that I'm gonna hope in hope. I'm gonna have a belief in hope, not in natural circumstances. Because even though he was 100 years old, it was now physically impossible to give birth and to see Sarah's womb come alive. He did not waver at the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith. So I want to talk about some of the ingredients of the equation of faith, faith's equation. The first is this, when you live a life of faith, you'll awaken fear. Faith awakens fear in us because faith goes through us and deals with our humanity. Come on, I'm going to give you some honest teaching today, even if you don't respond. It's kind of like, I want you to do this. Well, man, I, I can't do that. It's like 28 years ago, we're in Sydney and uh, God taps us on the shoulder and says, I want you to go to New Zealand and start a church. It's like, I'm not a church planner. I'm not somebody that has vision. I just are on a church team and I can make the vision work. So you want me to do that, but I don't feel like we could do that. It's like, oh my gosh, what if it failed? What if this happened? And fear began to grip my heart and, and, and I don't have what I needed because I didn't understand what the Father calls you to the Holy Spirit equips you with. And the moment our feet touched New Zealand, it's like vision for the nation came. And you wouldn't want to come into my office these days because I'm going to leave you with vision. Your pastor, I can tell already, he oozes vision. The closer you get to what God is doing here, you're going to become a visionary in your businesses and what you're called to do. You're not just going to park, but fear is awakened when faith comes. It's like, well, I know my humanity like Moses, Moses is touched by God after 40 years in the wilderness. And he says, now's the time. And he says, no, no, not now, no, 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 now I cannot speak. God says, who made man's mouth? Yeah, but I don't have what it takes. You've got a rod, you've got a stick in your hand. If you were to believe in the stick, put confidence on the stick, allow God to use the stick, it would become a supernatural part of who you are. We're in New Zealand where the church has been pillaged and raped over the years. The fathers have fallen and people just, there's a godlessness. Most mid-twenties don't even know the name of Jesus, never heard the gospel. 
And people say, you can't believe for a church in New Zealand like you've seen in Australia. But God is doing it 28 years on. We've got churches of multiple, multiple thousands of people and people are finding Christ all the time. And I just want to challenge you that don't let fear grab your heart. Every location and home today, don't let fear grab your heart. God's saying fear is a natural thing as faith comes through you. We never feel capable. 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. When the enemy brings judgment and tries to break us down, why? Because faith awakens fear because faith takes us beyond self-security. We got pastors all over the world not taking steps of faith because they're fearful about what if it doesn't happen. I know that we, in the last four years, have built three new campuses, new campus buildings at a sum of over $90 million. And it is amazing, in New Zealand particularly, where there's such a poverty mentality in the church. But we've taught on money and how money can be released, not just to give, but to break every part of our life open. God is doing something, but when the bank turns up and says, we're not borrowing a cent, and the property you built it is worth $40 million, then those in council, the council over the whole city say, you will never build a church in that location. And yet today we built the church. Today we've seen the miraculous power of God. But I just want to be honest, it's easy to hear the after effect, but fear is a part of the journey of faith. So don't get crippled because you've got fear. You're a human. God's going to ask you to do things beyond your self-security. Faith works through me, not by me. Second part of the equation of faith is that faith involves failure. Really, because I've had to learn, because nobody taught me in church that failure was a a right commodity. I, I saw it as something wrong. And so our whole thinking about failures. I just don't want to fail. We pray, God, I don't want to fail. I just wanted to get everything right. I want everybody to love me. I wanted to walk into heaven with everybody with me, only to realise that's not the way it works. That's why when you say to people, you need to embrace failure, people go, what do you mean? I don't want failure. Failure, I don't want. By the way, fear of failure is amongst our greatest failures. So let's talk about Peter. On the water, Matthew 14, you know the story. Jesus is with the disciples. He says, guys, you go on ahead. They're on a God mission. You go ahead and I'm going to pray. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. We're on a God mission, middle of the God mission. Wind comes up, waves come up. They think they're going to die. Jesus comes out to meet them. They think he's a ghost. Come on, somebody relating? Ever been on a God mission and going, I thought God was with us and he didn't come. Where are you, God, right now? What are you doing? And towards the end of that night season, Peter looks and says, I think it's Jesus. Peter answered Jesus in verse 28. He said, if it's you, I'm not even sure where you are right now because we are thrown around. Would you bid me to come to you on the water? Jesus said, come. Then verse 30, but when he saw the wind, when he saw what was happening in the natural, that it was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, verse 31, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. That was a good note. Caught him. (laughs) 
And he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? This is how we preach it. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Let me turn it around. Pete, you got little faith. And with little faith comes doubt. But it brings you into proximity. Your faith has brought you close to me. The other 11 are waiting for perfect faith with no fear. Buddy, you just sunk. Yeah, but I shouldn't have sunk because I'm serving God. No, you've never walked on water before. And if you're able to walk on water, I would have created webbed feet. Come on, somebody. So you're asking for something that's not going to happen, buddy. I can do it. I'm God. Faith walks through you, not by you. That's a huge concept because we want to do it all. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're going to feel fear. God, me, you want to use me? I can't speak. God, I did what you asked me to do and it's not working out. I'm sinking. And God says, yeah, because I'm there. At least you're not in the boat just turning up on Sunday. Come on, you're not hearing the pastor say week after week, hey, come on, next steps. We want to get you going on your God destiny. And, oh, I don't need that. I've been a Christian. No, you've been in the boat. I get that. We want to get you out of the boat. Come on, we are here. Listen, we are here at Radiant Church to cause the radiant embers of heaven to shine through you. We want to see the wonder of God move through you. And by the way, we just got to begin to realise that we're going to fail. Don't we applaud? Don't we get the iPhone out when little kids begin to work? walk? What's your daughter's name? Kennedy. When Kennedy does something for the new time, she's been through huge challenges. But we're praying that God's destiny will not one second will be taken from her. And so when a little kid has never walked before, they get up and they pull themselves up on the, on the uh, little coffee table. It's like, look, little Paulie, he's standing. Get the phone going and they take a step. Oh my gosh. They fall over, bang their head on the coffee table. It's the best thing we've ever had happen. Am I being too expressive for Radiant Church? It's like, look, play it again, smashing their head. But they took a step. Some of you, you did something and it didn't quite work. And everybody in the boat said, I knew you were going to fail. You know what you should have learned is read my book. <laughs> and go, I might have sung, but I got close to Jesus. Hey, you cannot find the next step in your significant journey without embracing failure. You're not going to find a perfect pastor in me. I'm going to be very honest with our church about the things that don't work in my life. I'm going to be a place. I remember doing a conference early days of our church and we had pastors everywhere and it was amazing. In between one session and the next session, there was about 400 people in those early days in the conference sitting there and waiting for the next session. And the previous speaker had had a golf uh, iron and had one of those plastic golf balls with the holes in them. And it was talking about alignment, that leadership's alignment. It's not just the ball, it's your whole alignment. Anyway, I had left the, the golf club and the plastic ball just at the bottom of the stage. So we got about 10 minutes before the next session. I walked down and I'm about to hit the ball down on the altar here. One of the young guys come up and say, hey, pastor, if you're going to do it, maybe may a good idea just to hit it back into the stage. I said, I can hit a golf ball. I hit this golf ball, but I didn't get under it. 
I got it right in the middle and it flew across the auditorium. There was a lady about sort of close to 70 and it smacked her right in the cheek and you could hear this and then it came up with this big whirl because how many know I'm 60 now so I get it. The skin can expand more, mature you get. It's like if I go on a motorbike, I look at the rear vision mirror in the motorbike and I say, what are those big sails going out there? You know, it's like, anyway, I hit her right in the cheek and it's like she screams out, he hit my face. Oh my God, he hit my face. And she's going like that and the whole 400 went quiet, a lot like Radiant Church. You, you know I'm feeling at home. Everybody went quiet. There were staff that we paid that I looked at for moral support, <laughs> who looked away. <laughs> there was a guy, I'll never forget him, four rows behind her. And I looked over to him, he was the only one looking at me. And he did this. <laughs> Bit like the team in Brandon this morning. You know, I don't know what I believe about the second coming, but I right there believed in pre-rapture. <laughs> I said, Lord, take me home right now. It's like, ever been there? Come on, some of you need to hear this. Yeah. I'll never do that again. No, 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 no. Faith passes through you, not by you. You're gonna fail in your humanity, but it's gonna cause you to know God. Thirdly, faith produces fatigue. You say, what do you mean fatigue? I thought if God was in it, no, you're still a human, so you've got the emotional world. God births something in your spirit and then you try to carry it in your natural ability. We can't do what God's calling us to do in New Zealand. We've, we've got a, a goal of having $20 million worth by the end of next year of community work happening. This year we'll do around $10 million and we're ramping it up to be able, we worked with 340 community agencies last year in our city. God is beginning to see the miracle come to pass. But along the way, it's like, God, you've caught us, but we didn't know how to live it. Elijah brings down fire from heaven on the prophets of Baal. It's an amazing, amazing, miraculous. How, how would Elijah feel? He's just done it all for God. And then he hears that Jezebel wants to do the same to him. He runs and he's emotionally fatigued after he served God with everything. And he gets himself where he prays that he might die. And some of us maybe are here today and it's like, I'm here to tell you, I know what it's like to be fatigued and, and you just gotta realise that that's a part of the journey of faith, but you can't do it with your own strength. It's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by the Spirit of God. You need your roots down into the one that called you to do it. And when you try to do it in your own strength, in fact, the last four years, we've seen more happen through the ministry of life than in the previous 24. But four years ago, I was tapped on the shoulder and the Holy Spirit said, you always felt like you weren't good enough or able to do it. But when I've asked you to do it, you said, yes, you put your hands on the steering wheel and you began to do whatever I asked you to do. Now I want you to take your hands off the steering wheel and let me do it. And I wanna show you because you've trusted me what I can entrust to you. There are seasons where God wants you to do it and there are seasons where He wants you to go, you can't do that. See, what is birthed in your spirit can't be stored in your soul. 
Faith comes from God. It can only be stored in God. You can't carry the responsibility. You carry the responsibility to get the job, but, but you don't go to bed with it alive in your soul, your feeling, your emotions. It'd be too big for you. For 11 years, we carried a building that was too big, wrong location, 15 acres that God asked us to buy. I couldn't tell you why for 11 years. It stopped us putting money into growing the church, but I knew God said do it. After 11 years, God tapped us on the shoulder. He said, because you did it, I will now step in. And we've seen the most miraculous journey. I don't have time to go into it, but I'm encouraging you. If you take a step of faith, you will at times get fatigued because you think you have to carry it. You don't have to carry the outcome. That belongs with him. It's his time. It is his season. And the final thing, come on, Subin, come and join me, is that faith, the equation of faith, it, it has fear. If you don't have that sense of fear and that failure and that fatigue, then I'm not sure that you're living a life of faith, but it, it, it requires follow through. It's kind of like, but, but I haven't seen the miracle. Why are you focusing on the outcome? Because you're human. I've done that for years, focused on the outcome. Now I realise faith is not about the outcome. It's about the transaction. It's not the outcome, it's the source. It's the God that meets me and the God that uses everything for His own good. And so maybe we won't see everything we wanted in our lifetime, but we will see it. That's Hebrews 11. And I just encourage you today, God's saying, okay, you haven't seen it, but Abraham got to a point where he said, God promised Isaac, and we're not gonna allow the despondency of every month or every year to stop us. Isaac's promised, Isaac's coming. And even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, like the heroes, as I said of Hebrews 11, some of them were for a, a world beyond our own. And yet we bring it to the tangible and God says, just keep walking. My dad died at around mid 70s, used to walk about five to seven miles every day. People said, how do you walk so far? He said, quite easy. Just put one foot in front of the other. Come on, pastor. Come on. Why have you stopped walking? You still stand and worship, but you don't walk out in faith. You still have a belief, but you're not walking. We're going home. We're going to walk towards a better marriage. We're going to walk towards a God-blessed business. We're not going to walk alone and we realise we're going to feel fear and we're going to fatigue at times because of our humanity. We are going to fail, but we're just going to keep on walking through. Like I, I had a brother say to me, why would you do this last building? Your whole life has been a life of faith. Just look at what God's done. It's better than the history of a nation. It's like, what's that got to do with it? God says, do it, we're walking. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking. Faith includes follow through or requires follow through. Why? Because it involves your next step. Maybe some of you today, you just gotta make a, a next step, which is, I'm not gonna allow my sin to stop me, I'm gonna to walk to Calvary. You say, what does that mean? That means that Jesus who died for your sin says you don't have to carry that. Yeah, but I feel condemned. Yeah, the devil condemns you. God doesn't, God's not a religion. He's a relationship God. He, he's a God that wants to reach into you there in St. Pete. He's a God in Brandon. He's a God here that wants to reach into your heart and say, what? why do you allow condemnation? Because God doesn't even understand the Word. 
Say, what do you mean God doesn't? There's one word He doesn't understand. It's condemnation. There is now, from this point on, therefore, no condemnation. I don't even get it. Why do you let the enemy to hold you there? By the way, failure and sin, we put it in the same sentence, same equation. Sin is a failure, but failure is not a sin. I wish I could have my life. You can't go back, but you can walk on. You can say today is going to be the day. This year is going to be the year. This next season, as we begin to hear and we're going to get involved, we're getting into next steps. We're going to build our lives. But first it begins by going, all right, God, I'm going to start waking up in the morning and say, I feel, I feel fear, but thanks. Because that's what faith does. It goes through my humanity. I, I, I failed, but that's cool. I've learned something. I'm not just repeating the failure. I'm going to learn from that. I, and every time I hear all the other 11 say, we knew you would fail, say, yeah, but I got close to Jesus. Get out of the boat. I might fail. You will fail if you get out of the boat. Good on you. Join the failure club. Come on, be a part of the failure club. Can you say amen? If that was a word for you in each location, even at home, I want you right now, lift your hand up. Say, that was a word I needed to hear today. Come on, unapologetically, up high. You're just saying, God, I need it. Keep it up because I'm gonna pray for you. Father, you see our hands, but more than that, you see our hearts. And I just pray that this will be a shift moment. We'll remember in years ahead that God said, hey, the life of faith is a life that has an equation of fear, failure, fatigue, but I'm gonna keep following through. I'm not gonna back off and I'm gonna resurrect the Word of God in my heart in the Name of Jesus. Can you give Jesus a hand this morning? Come on, put your hands towards Him. Before I hand back to Pastor, just look at me for a moment. You know, condemnation, shame. The outcome of sin is a horrible thing. I'm not a perfect human being, so I have always had to live close to Calvary. I wanna pray for you today. If you say, Paul, I know that I've given way to sin. and I've drifted away from the things of God, but today I'm coming home. The enemy will whisper, you don't deserve it. No one deserves it. Jesus died on a cross because He loves you and His love is more important than what we deserve. He became scarred so our scars could lose their infection. And I wanna pray for you today at home. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for every location. And I'm gonna ask you in a moment to lift your hand and by lifting your hand, you're saying, Paul, I need to come home. I need to get right with God. And you say, yeah, but I failed so many times. That's why Calvary still stands. Maybe you've never personally invited Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Can I pray for you? You say, oh, well, I don't wanna get religious. Hey, high five, I'm not religious. I've got a relationship with Jesus. And that's a whole lot of different. Religion says you've got to tick all these boxes before you deserve it. God says, no, just give me your heart. Come on, every head bowed each location and at home. If that's you today, you say, Paul, I need to get right with God. I wanna come home. Just lift your hand up. All over the place, hands are going up. Lift them up, lift them up. Don't be apologetic. We're not gonna come. Shake you, shake, shake you, chase you down. Come on, just lift your hand. Just say, God, that's me. I need to get right today. I really need to get right. God sees your heart. He sees your hand. We're gonna pray this prayer out loud together, all of us collectively, out loud. Say, God, today. Let's try that again. God, today. Would you forgive me for my sin? I give you my past, 
I give you my today and my tomorrow. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, can we congratulate every single person? Come on. Let's celebrate with the dozens of people that just made the best decision they'll ever make in their life. Come on, make them feel loved today. Can you do me a favor? Can we honor Pastor Paul DeJong for the great word from God today at every location? We honor him. Amazing message of faith. I needed that. I know you needed that. Man, I hope you took a bunch of notes. That's a great word. And man, I want to encourage you. Maybe come back tonight, 5 o'clock, every location. We're going to be here in South Tampa. He's going to preach a totally different message. I'm excited about it. Get to hear from God um, and a word that he has for your life. Hey, we're going to end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. And if you are one of those that just made a decision to follow Christ, do me a favor. As our church prepares to give, why don't you take that connection card and just check on there. I committed my life to Christ. We're going to send you some resources, help you take that next step of faith. We're proud of you. We believe God's for you. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. Can I hear an amen today? Hey, we're going to worship God with our giving. Let me just challenge you with what your giving does. The Bible's very clear that when we honor God with our tithing, it actually positions our life to put God first. You know, tithing helps us do that. It's the first Sunday of the month, and it's a great Sunday for you to, maybe you've never tried this before. Maybe you've honored God in a lot of other areas of your life, but you've never done it in your giving. Why don't you try it today? Put God first. Watch how it'll, it'll challenge your heart, and it'll set the trajectory for this next month for your life. And I believe God will really bless you. Two things happen when you, when you do put God first in your life. The Bible says He does. He'll bless your life in supernatural ways. And I'm going to believe God for that. The other thing He does is through your generosity, He builds His church. And I'm proud to say, man, God is building His church here in Tampa Bay at every location because of your giving. We're doing more than we've ever done before. Seeing more gun to missions than ever before. Seeing more lives changed than ever before. And it's to God be the glory. Right now, we have our brand and team that's there and there. They're preparing, guys. That whole thing has been paid for because of your generosity. And just in two weeks from today, I just want you to know, uh, two weeks from today on the 18th, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of people pack out that auditorium and those two services there in Brandon High. You probably never know their name. You might not even know who they are, but I'll tell you, their whole life is going to be changed. There's there's people that are right now, they have no clue that in two weeks they're going to find Jesus. They're going to find community. They're going to discover their calling. And it's all possible because of God's grace and your generosity. So thank you for doing that. Right now, the construction's happening at the heights. We're getting closer and closer. We had a major uh, uh, generous gift last week to help us get a little bit closer. But thank you for your faithfulness and giving towards that. We're going to launch that as our second permanent location in Tampa itself, totally debt-free to God be the glory. Isn't God good to us? So thank you for your faithfulness and giving. But thank you guys for making an impact. I want to pray a blessing over your finances this month. Lord, it's a new month. Lord, and, and, and we thank you that your mercies are new every morning. It's a new opportunity for us to honor you with our giving. I thank you that giving to you and tithing, it, it, it actually positions our life to put you first. We want to show you right now that you're first in our life. Not just in our time, not just in our attention, but in our finances. And I pray a blessing over your church. As they give to you, God, would you bless their finances? Would you bless them with bonuses and break through their relationships? Those who are believing for miracles in their life, giants that need to fall in their life, as we learned about last week. Lord, I pray that you would do supernatural things through them, through their giving. And I just pray that blessing over them, and I believe you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And at every location we say... Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. 
For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.